0: to kids first coming attractions before you go out and spend money on that new movie make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the voice america kids channel we'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and dvd releases now here are your hosts for kids first coming attractions
1: hello and welcome to the program kids first coming attractions i am your host Kiefer Blakesley, we have a wonderful show for you today. We're gonna to be talking about My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Yeti Village, and also Digimon Tri Coexistence. We have a wonderful show to you. Hopefully, everyone had an amazing label day weekend. Gotta love those days. So we're gonna start out this wonderful show with a very special guest. She is a television and a film actress. She is has quite a track record of multiple different roles, and she has been praised for her acting ability, and we're going to be talking to her about Anne of Green Gables Fire and Dew, which she is starring in. We have the wonderful, the amazing Ella Ballantyne. Miss Ballantyne, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We're happy to have you here. Now before we're talking about Anne Gables, I wanted to mention your very impressive, like, career. You've been in many theater productions. You've done, you've worked along amazing actors, like, very big actors. So I just want to know, how did it all start?
2: Um, well, it's actually funny. I started with dance. That's how I got into my admiration for performing. And there was this open call in my town, Toronto, for um a show called The Railway Children. It was just a live play. And I went purely just for fun, just to try it out, see what an audition was like. And then I got the part, and I realized that I really loved acting. So I got an agent, and I kept going with it.
1: And the rest, as we say, is history. And from then on, you've done quite a lot of amazing roles in theater, film, and television, um, particularly now we're talking about Anne of Green Gables. So um, I, my another question I want to have for you is, You've been what you've been this character for the past three years now. Of no, sorry, two years if I'm correct. So, um, how so? Talk about Anna Green Gables, Fire and Dew, and um, how that is integrated into the past of Anna Green Gables, such as the Good Star and the original. Um,
2: well, yeah, we shot the very first one um, at the end when I was at the end of my grade eight year. Um, And so the three films take place of the first novel of the entire Anne of Green Gables series by Lucy Maud Montgomery. So this third film, Anne of Green Gables, Fire and Dew, is the final segment to the novel. So it just finishes up that first book. And there's a lot more stuff with Anne's friendships and her relationship with Gilbert and with her family. It's really fun.
1: No, the first film was in 2006. And so you've been a part of this now for, I mean, like, when you're filming a series like this, like, especially for a television film, uh, I'm sure you bond with your cast members. And it's just a lot of time and effort into just making these films. So um, how does it feel now that it's, it's now we've reached the end? Um, it's very
2: bittersweet. Um, but it was really such a great experience. And like, all the cast members, we got along so well. The people who play Anne's friends. And we we had sleepovers when we had set days that, like, went too late. And we're still in contact to this day. And, like, it really was just such a great experience filming with everyone and sharing these characters that, although they take place so long ago, it's still relevant and they still have, like, those friendship bonds that exist today.
1: Certainly. And so... Um... Since you have a stage and you not only have a dancing background but also stage background, um, what do you think of some of like the challenges of television of like filming and being on camera and besides being on stage? Um, well, I think
2: being on stage is like very exciting because. It's live and it's you don't know what's going to happen, but you do have a lot of rehearsal time, which is great. Um, But yeah, with film and television, it's very go, go, go and fast paced. And because you only have a certain amount of time to film a certain amount of scenes. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, So it gets stressful in that sense that like you can do a few takes after another, but. You do, at the end of the day, have to get the job done and be able to work with your director and work with your co-members and everything. Um, but it is really fun.
1: Well, definitely. I mean, stage is like one take, let's go, and, um, each night. And with we'll film, of course, it's like multiple takes and budget, time limit, go, go, go. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so well, so with Anne of Being Gables, I'm, I'm curious because this, this is a period piece. Like, how would it feel to be filming in, like, a... Different era and being a part
2: of that um well it was really exciting and cool (laughs) being an era that's so different from today but my great-grandmother she grew up at that time and I know so many people whose grandparents grew up at that time so we can all see like photos from back then that we have a connection to and it was just super fun like being on set and seeing that they lived without any electricity and I would go off set and be right on my phone and have Wi-Fi and internet, but just making the connection that these people did everything we do today, but without electricity, without modern medicine and everything, it's really interesting.
1: <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, it's, it's interesting because like, it's when we watch films or television shows that are in the past and we just kind of like, wow, it, it, it feels like history repeats itself over and over again, don't you think?
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree.
1: So how do you feel like this the, the morals and messages in these films like relate to like nowadays?
2: Um, well, I actually get that question a lot and I think it's different for everyone who watches the film. I find anyone I talk to kind of takes away something different. Um, for me it's about the way we live our lives and how we look at the world and choose to live with the world we live in. I think Anne Shirley is such an interesting character because she's so positive and optimistic. She can take any scenario she's in and she looks at it in such a loving way. And she just lives in the moment and looks at the world around her and finds the beauty in it, like just in nature and with her friendships and relationships with her family. She's just so living in the moment. And I think that's something that after filming all three films. I really tried to adapt to my own life.
1: Well, definitely. Seems like you learned a lot from this, from this, from filming this. Uh, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, up Blakestee. This show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat, season two, volume two. We're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Ella Ballantyne about Anne, Green, Anne of Green Gables. So, um, Ella, so what would you think is what was your favorite part of filming these three films?
2: Ooh, that's a hard question. Um, I really loved working with the cast and the crew. Like, everyone on board was so great. You can have, like, the best movie possible with the best script and the best storyline and best characters, but it really makes such a huge difference when the people you're working with are wonderful. And that really was true with this film, like... The director, John Kent Harrison, he's so loving. We had such a great time every day on set. Martin Sheen, who played Matthew Cuthbert, mm-hmm. he is so funny. He just walks into a room and lights it up and just like, it doesn't feel like work every day. He really has so much fun doing it. And Sarah Botsford was so lovely to work with. She always had just wisdom to pass down. She was, she's really smart and educated and she, always was referring me to books that I should read and the other kids on set were also just so funny and we got along so well. And yeah, it just really wouldn't have been the amazing experience it was if it wasn't for the people around me.
1: Definitely since like film takes like a village to create, it's it's you really bond with these people and and it's great that you you worked with so many really talented actors. I mean like like you said, Martin Sheed and Kate Henning and so many people in all of this and how does it feel to be like since usually with with films and or films and television it's like it's usually adults that are at the forefront of these but you being only 17 like being the forefront the main character of all this like how does that feel um
2: very nerve-wracking, actually, Um, especially because Anne Shirley is a very famous character, and she's been played time and time again. I mean, television, she was played by Megan Follows, and there's a CBC version, and there was versions even as early as the 1930s, I believe. There's like a black-and-white film, and they have stage productions and musicals. Um, So there's many people out there who have their favorite version of Anne Shirley. So I really wanted to make sure that people who are in love with the story have something that they can connect to with my version of Anne, and also that new people who haven't read the series or seen any version before, they can have a fun time watching it too. Um, but I think, I think I did a good job.
1: <laughs> well, I, have, I got the chance to check out your performance um, in the past films. I haven't yet to see Fire and Dew, but I have seen good stars in the original from 2016, so I think you did amazing. Oh, thank That's- you so much. I think it's fantastic. Um, But I'm I'm curious, what do you want audiences particularly to gain from this television film? Um,
2: I hope everyone takes something different with them, something that they find personal. I know that um, my parents really like the message that it has about family, about being kind to your family and taking the moments you have with your family and using it wisely. I find the message that I take is to, like Anne Shirley, live in the moment and look at the world around you. Um, yeah, I just hope everyone takes something different that's dear to them.
1: Well, they can and they will because this film is out on DVD in digital download as this at this moment, so please go check it out. Thank you so much, Miss Valentine, for talking about Anne of Green Gables, Fire and Dew. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. <laughs> Wonderful. With well, that said, let's take a break. I am your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat, Season 2, Volume 2.
0: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
1: Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I am your host, Keeper Blakesley. We just got done talking to the wonderful Ella Ballantyne about Anne of Green Gables. It was a wonderful conversation. Today we'll also be talking about Digimon Tri, Coexistence, and Yeti Village. Right now, usually we have something called an agenda for the radio show, and there's always the list of films we're talking about. But this week, I got a wonderful agenda in this segment. It is called What I Learned at USC This Summer and How I Broke My Foot. Now, that sounds like a book title, but it really isn't. It actually was the experience that our wonderful Jerry Ores experienced this summer. Jerry, thank you so much for being back on the program.
5: Of course. Thank you for having me back. I missed doing this radio show during the summer.
1: So explain to us sir, what you did at USC.
5: Of course. So USC, University of Southern California, I was at their cinematic arts school, the School of Cinematic Arts. And every summer they have a summer program that is available for everyone 16 years old and up where you take actual film courses and you learn different aspects about filmmaking. They have many different classes. I was lucky enough to get into a class that's with Universal Studios. The exact class name is producing slash directing with Universal Studios in USC, something like that. The point of it is, anyway, you get to make three films, one of them at Universal Studios, and you get to learn from USC professors as well as Universal Studios' uh, own talent. And it was an amazing six weeks where I learned a lot about filmmaking and was able to make a few great films.
1: Now, that sounds like a opportunity of a lifetime. And by the way, you're talking to right now, you're talking to a senior who's Like, literally, like, dying of the mountains of paperwork for college applications. And USC is the number one college of film. So how did it feel being in that atmosphere?
5: It definitely felt really amazing. The first few days, it is a little intimidating because they make it perfectly clear to you that this is not just some average school. They make it clear to you that this is the premier school for filmmaking. And it was really just so incredible to be able to make films with the actual advice and the actual uh, mentorship of real USC faculty who are all so very experienced and all so very so very knowledgeable in filmmaking. I mean, the fame of USC is definitely not overstated. It is just that good of a school. And it was really interesting because at the end of it, you know, you didn't feel like you were a student. You felt like you were a filmmaker. And they gave us so much freedom, even as minors, to get permits, get cameras, get equipment, check out everything, rent equipment, all ourselves. They left everything to us to make us feel very independent and very self-fulfilling and it was just so so unique and definitely it feels like you're part of the film industry when you're there
1: now that, that's gotta be a kit in the candy store for someone like you because literally just being in a campus in southern california with equipment to your at your fingertips and being able to experiment so what kind of films did you make and like how many films did you make again for the we
5: made we made three films
1: three films and they were like three short films
5: yeah, so two of them were our own projects. The first one was a silent project where we're, it was supposed to be a self-portrait. I basically did it um, how I come up with ideas is I like listening to music and then I imagine ideas. I kind of visualized that in a way. The second project is a little more special. It's actually group projects where the entire class of like 18 or so are signed into three groups and you uh, write a script, you do all their pre-production, and then one week and two days you get to shoot at Universal Studios. We were even lucky enough to shoot at the New York backlot. They gave us the entire, like, 16-acre set for us to play around with. And it was really – that was – yeah, that was an amazing experience. So – and then the third project is basically do whatever you want, have fun, and it has to be under five minutes. Those were the only rules. And the deadlines were very, very short. Like, between the second and third projects, we maybe had a week to submit – So it was very rushed because this is basically what graduate students take when they first come to USC as a preliminary course, and they cut it in half in time. So it was definitely very rushed, but also felt very real because it felt like you were on a real set where everything had to be incredibly quickly. Everything was on a very tight schedule.
1: It sounds like you were on the go all this, all summer. So um, what would you think was the biggest thing you learned? at this program
5: uh the biggest thing i learned was probably to be organized and just do a lot of pre-work and manage your time because we time was such such a value i mean it was absurd just how much you have to think about time in every single regard i mean uh by the end of the semester most kids were basically just editing at nights because that's the only time they could and you had to plan that ahead. You had to plan the shot list. You had to plan the scripts. You had to plan when your actors would come and audition and who would get callbacks. And you'd have to plan when you'd book them when they arrive on set. You'd have to do every everything like that. And you'd also have to go through the permit process. They did the official permit process. And honestly, it was a little more difficult than just getting a general permit to shoot somewhere in Los Angeles. Because to shoot at USC, you had to get every single part of USC's approval, which starts adding up very quickly. So it, that was also a unique process that really teaches you a lot just of how much work you have to do before you even turn on the camera.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And it's, it's fascinating that, you'll be able, that they gave you all these resources and you were able to do all this stuff in only like a summer course. I mean, this kind of opportunity is amazing. And like, it's great that that kids are able to actually before they go to college, like it's a nice thing to prepare before you go to, if you want to pursue filmmaking in the future, in colleges or uh, future film schools. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blake C. We're going to be talking about My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, and Digimon Tri coexistence on this show. But we're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Jerry Ors about his time at USC. So, uh, Jerry, you, you were in a class of 18 people, am I correct?
5: Yeah, something around that.
1: So uh, the, were there any particular people that you had fun collaborating with and maybe be future collaborations?
5: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are people of all age ranges. I think the youngest was 16, of course, and the oldest was in the in their 30s. And honestly, I'd love to work with all of them again. They just made such phenomenal projects. And because we had so much freedom, everyone made such unique films. I mean... There were just some crazy, crazy ideas that were shown, and they were all so incredibly executed. And, yeah, I would absolutely love to collaborate with a lot of them again. I know quite a few of them are either going to submit to USC or want to keep doing things in film, and I'm trying to stay in contact with them, and I would love to work with them on set again because it's just such a wonderful experience that you do get to work on set with so many different people that are just – as enthusiastic about film as you are, and it really does create a connection between people.
1: Sounds amazing. And so, uh, first of all, how did you hear about this program?
5: So I heard about this program. I don't really remember where. I've been wanting to attend this program for a couple years now. But, of course, I could only attend after 16 years old. And you still have to go through the formal process of submitting work. You don't just sign up and they're like, okay, here you go. You still have to submit something. I submitted a film critique on Schindler's List, and they they accepted me from that. And you can also submit, I believe, a self-reflection essay, or you can create, submit dialogue between characters, like in a script format. And uh, after that, you wait a few months, and then they'll let you know if you get accepted or not. Us minors, people under 18, we actually got pretty lucky. We um, we got placed in these very, very nice dorms that are, are very brand new, like open literally just last year. So that was pretty amazing to be able to stay in brand new USC dorms and really just— Again, it was an experience like you are a college student, you are independent. They treated us like we were adults, and that was a pretty nice thing.
1: Well, definitely, because you got to be treated like adults, especially for film production. But also, filming is not only just a lot of fun, and there's a lot of creative aspects to it, but it's also, of course, a lot of hard work and business put into it, because in the end, you're trying to make a film. Um, So these films you made um is there any way that we can be able to see these three films that you made over the summer
5: Sadly, not quite yet, because they were made with USC. We have to kind of talk with USC, make sure that USC is okay with, that, with us sharing them. And that is a little bit of a lengthier process that I'm going through right now. I know a lot of my uh, fellow students are also doing the same, where we have to talk to them, make sure there's no copyright rules or anything like that. that will get us in trouble or the university in trouble. So sadly, not quite yet. But as soon as uh, we get that, I would love to post them online for people to see as well.
1: Well, we can't wait to see them so for people who are interested in filmmaking uh and don't know how like how to be able to do these kind of classes what would you recommend and what advice would you give to people who want to pursue film and actually want to take classes like this not just in not not just in southern california but like all around the world
5: Well, honestly, the best thing you can do and what they told us is that there's no textbook for film because every film ever made is a textbook on filmmaking. Just watch the classics. You know, AFI has a top 100 films ever made. Watch those and you'll learn all the beautiful, beautiful things that people have created in a film over the decades, maybe even century now. And honestly, just go out and shoot with your camera. That was something that's we did a lot because we actually kept our cameras. It's not like where we had to check out our cameras every day. They gave us our cameras and they expected us to take care of them. We were able to just shoot with them whenever we wanted. Of course, if something happened, you'd have to pay for it. But you were able to just shoot and try out different things with your friends. And that's probably the best way to learn filmmaking. And, of course, to learn the different terms and things like that. This is when a film school like USC is great because you do get taught by actually in actual industry experts. It's not someone who just took a class and became a teacher the my teachers were both veteran veteran industry experts who spent years and years making films and know every single little thing about filmmaking so definitely that would be the best way and i definitely recommend usc i will admit if you take a studio class like universal there's always also one for uh warner brothers and disney i believe it's a lot of work you're not going to be getting a lot of sleep a lot of free time But at the end of the six weeks, it's gonna be very, very rewarding because you're gonna be knowing a lot more about film, no matter how much experience you come in with.
1: Well, I can't wait for you to take those skills. You learned at USC to the test, my friend, and I'm glad you had a good time this summer.
5: Thank you so much.
1: Well, if you wanna go check out USC film schools, go check out their website, and also check out your local universities, check out their film programs if you wanna be a filmmaker. But as Jerry said, Go to the movies, watch movies, take notes, understand them, live and breathe cinema, and you too can create a good film. Quentin Tarantino once said, if you love movies just good just enough, you can make good ones. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat Season 2, Volume 2.
5: Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about my experience at USC, but now we're going to switch gears back to the f- recent films, and we're going to be talking to Jolene, who's 13 from Los Angeles, on the brand new film Alpha. So, Jolene, how are you doing today?
6: I'm doing great. Thanks for asking.
5: Of course. So, can you please tell us about the film Alpha?
6: Well, Alpha is a film all about how a man's best friend, the dog, came to be. So Alpha is um, Keda's best friend. Keda is the son of a chief. And so basically what happens in the story is he gets separated from his group, from his villagers, and he has to find his way back home by himself. And he injures a wolf. And even though the wolf did try to kill him, he still has the kindness to help the wolf, and eventually they both are able to heal from their wounds, and they both work together to help each other survive.
5: Now, when I watched the trailer for this film, I was at first like, wow, this is a really, really unique concept, because this is something we all know, the story of Amanda domesticating the wolf to get the dogs that we have today. And something I that kind of stuck out to me was, aside from the incredible acting, was that the visual effects were at times Really, really beautiful, but at other times, it looked a little undone. So I want to ask, what did you think about the visual effects?
6: To me, the visual effects were all around really beautiful and amazing. They really showed off nature. I feel like the focus of the cinematography was mostly nature. And in some parts, it helped to um, show the mood as well. Um, I'm not sure I saw any scenes that were undone. I thought they were all pretty great, and some of them were even better and even more beautiful, and they looked unrealistic.
5: Well, yeah, I definitely noticed that they kept focus on nature, which I like. It was really beautiful. Maybe it was just the trailer, maybe it was just my eyes, but I'm glad it looks phenomenal. And I want to know what do you think about the story, because it looks like the majority of the film is just two characters. Cato, who's played by Cody Smith McPhee. And the wolf. So, what was kind of that relationship between them for most of the on-screen time? The
6: relationship for them changed changed throughout the movie. It was really dynamic. And um, in the beginning, you see a lot of Keita's, um family and parents, and even throughout the story, even though they aren't there with him, you're still he still thinks about them, and you still you still somewhat see them throughout the film. But yes, mostly it is Keda and Alpha. Um, Their relationship changes a lot, like I said, and it's really, really heartwarming at times to see how it changes and how they care for each other and how close they become.
5: It is really a sweet story, and I'm so glad that someone did put it on cinema, just kind of showing how this classic, classic relationship between man and wolf started between two enemies, and it's so funny that now a wolf is our human's best friend, and... It's amazing how it changed over the centuries and millennium. So what was kind of the moral of the story? Because first, I feel like maybe it's just between how a man can be kind to a beast or something like that, but I'm not completely sure. sure. So what would be the moral of the story?
6: Um, you're definitely right. It is about a man becoming friends with a beast, but that also means it you have to have kindness for that and forgiveness, I feel like, because the wolf tried to attack Keita, and that's why he had to injure it. But even though the wolf did try to kill him, he still felt the kindness in his heart to be able to help the wolf, even though at times the wolf would snarl at him and growl at him. Um, Keita still tried to help him, and eventually that kindness came back around to him because the wolf was very protective of Kada. Um, The wolf was really loyal as well. And they both helped each other in the end. So they're, they're working together to survive.
5: Well, that's a beautiful message. And it's so strange that a story like this creates that message. And I'm very happy that they were able to portray that. So lastly, uh, because this seems like a very intense action film, uh, what age range would you give this? And of course, how many stars do you give this film?
6: I give this film 5 out of 5 stars. It was really beautiful and amazing with such such a great message. For the age range, I recommend it for the ages of 11 to 18. Even adults would really love this film. Um, The reason it's um, for, I feel like it's for older audiences because some of the scenes were really depressing and kind of sad. And there are a lot of parts that were graphic and um, kind of bloody.
5: Well, judging from the story and the setting, that is very understandable. But Jolene, thank you so much for talking to me about Alpha.
6: Thank you for interviewing me.
5: Of course. If you'd like to check out Alpha to our audience, it is out now in theater, so definitely check it out. I'm definitely going to be checking it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And right now, we just finished talking to Jolene about Alpha. And we're going to continue talking to Jolene about the new DVD, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic Rarity. So, Jolene, this is one of numerous DVD collections for the show, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. What does this one offer that the other ones don't?
6: This um, specific DVD is all about rarity, and it is focused on her and the problems she experiences. Um, Of course, this film still shows and teaches a lot of lessons, a lot of great morals about friendship. But now it's just focused more around rarity and what she does in her life and how she solves her problems and things like that.
5: And I like that they focus on each character because the dynamic in the show that they made was really interesting how each character has different traits and uh, different problems that they face. So you can get a nice mix. Mm -hmm. So for Rarity, what kind of problems or what kind of morals did they teach throughout the DVD episodes?
6: So for Rarity, she is a really, um, really controlling person and she likes to have everything under control and she loves to help her friends out. And she always wants to show off her designs and stuff like that. So, for example, in one of the episodes, um, the ponies had an upcoming dance or a ball. And Rarity wanted to make their dresses for them. And, of course, um, she did them taking into account their personality, personalities and their styles. But she did a little twist on it, which she made it her own. And the ponies, they didn't like it. They wanted it to be their way completely. So she tried to please them, and she tried to, um, she tried to make it their way. But eventually, um, it became a little bit, a little bit too much, and it became um, ugly. So um, when the fashion designer, some important fashion designer, came into town, and he saw these designs, and he didn't like them at all. And Rarity was so ashamed. But then um, she showed off the ones that she made and the fashion designer loved it. So I think the message for this one is about how how you should you should know that you won't be able to please everybody. And you should just try to do do the best you can and not try to go crazy trying to help everyone. And a lot of the most of the episodes are about friendship, morals about friendship and um, working with other people, and social, and even internal messages, but that was just an example.
5: You know what I really like about My Little Pony is it's meant for kids, of course, but the messages are real, like they're not just be kind and be generous, they're actually real messages that applies to adults too, and I find that amazing that they put it in a kid's setting. Uh, Speaking of kids, I trust it's going to be the same for basically the rest of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, but what age range would you give it?
6: Uh, I give it, uh, the age range is from 6 all the way to 11.
5: Okay, that seems about right for the series. And another thing is this series has been running for quite a few years now. Um, Would you say that it's time to wrap it up? I know that they're talking about the next season being the last. Would you say that it's probably a good time to finally finish up the series?
6: Um, I think so. I Don't get me wrong. I love the My Little Pony films. I love them so much. They're so inspiring. And even though they are meant for younger kids, I still really enjoy them. And I'm 13. Um, the messages are amazing. They're really deep messages. But I feel like, I feel like they're running out of messages and they're running out of storylines. So it's getting a little bit repetitive. Like some of the episodes seem too similar. So I think it is time to wrap it up
5: that is fair enough it's been running for a very long time so many so many episodes and yes so many messages and lastly how many stars do you give this dvd
6: five out of five stars it was amazing
5: thank you so much jolene for talking to us about this dvd collection
6: thank you for talking with me
5: of course for our viewers it is out now so definitely check it out it looks really interesting it looks like it has a lot of uh useful things to learn about related to friendship let's take a break i'm jerry ors and you're listening to kids first Come attractions and this week's show is sponsored by cat in the hat season two volume two
4: kids
0: safe mother approved you're listening to voice america kids
5: Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about the DVD collection, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic Rarity. Now we're going to be talking about Izzy about an adventure called Smallfoot Yeti Village that is running in a limited time in Los Angeles. So, Izzy, can you just tell us about this experience that you went through?
3: Well, the experience was really fun. It had a really huge slide, which... If I can remember correctly, it was like twenty-eight feet long. They had lots of snow. They had places where you could take pictures. They had like ski ball and you know those games where you knock down the clowns with the with the beanbags?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, that sounds like a really fun experience. So was it kinda of like fair themed almost?
3: Well, it was based off of like some of the it was based off of the village in the movie, both the human one and the um, Yeti one.
5: Right, so just for the viewers, this uh, experience is based off the brand new film that's coming out on September 28th, Smallfoot, which is about a Yeti and the Yeti that doesn't think humans exist. So I imagine this was kind of set in a very cold, almost tundra environment because that's where the film is set, right?
3: Yeah, it was.
5: So what was kind of seeing like seeing that kind of cold wintry experience in the middle of summer in Los Angeles, which for people who don't know, is a very hot city? That must have been very interesting.
3: Well, outside, I felt like a boiling dumpling. And inside, (laughs) it was actually very nice and cool.
5: Well, that sounds nice. And what other kind of things, was there anything very interesting from the film that you got to see? Like, you said that they recreated the villages. What was that experience like kind of sitting (laughs) in part of the film?
3: Um, Upstairs, there was kind of like snowing. There were like little cave areas and like places where I could take pictures. And downstairs, it was like, kind of like there were like little mini restaurants and a karaoke place, and it it was it kind of looked like a human village.
5: Well, that sounds really interesting. And would you recommend this for people in Los Angeles to visit?
3: Yes, because it was fun. Not only was it fun, but it's also a way to get out of the roasting hot sun. And you're having fun doing it, so you're not just like stuck inside with the air conditioning blasting on you. But that's not even enough.
5: Yeah, sadly it isn't. It is very hot this year. And what age range would you give this uh, experience? Would you say that's meant for kids or would you say it's perfect for the entire family?
3: It was perfect for the whole entire family because there were like some really interesting things like um, ice cream. But the ice cream was made out of like something cool. Like, don't you know the reaction with dry ice?
5: Oh, yeah. Nitrogen cooled ice ice cream. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's definitely delicious. That must have been delicious. It was good. And uh, what else were you able to experience? I'm just kind of reading on their site now that there was uh, recreated film environments, arts and crafts, games, photo moments. So w- what kind of stuck out to you? What was it like almost your favorite experience?
3: My favorite part was probably, um, um, well, the slide.
5: The slide does sound pretty amazing. And really cool. And was the slide inside or was it outside?
3: It was inside, but that's how you entered the human village
5: part. Oh, that's kind of cool. So you went down the slide into the village.
3: Yeah, you're at the Yeti village, and then you went down the slide, and then you went into the human village, where it was all kind of like the games and stuff.
5: Well, that sounds really nice. And... um. Just based off your experience, how well do you think they recreated the parts of the film? Since you said that they kind of recreated some of the villages from the film itself.
3: Really, really well. There was a karaoke stand where you could do karaoke. And it looked exactly like the film. Like it was so, I actually thought I was inside the movie. It was like so accurate.
5: Well, that's really good of them. Because it is an animated film, they couldn't just use the same props and buildings. They actually had to create things for this. So I'm really glad that you are able to experience it, and it sounds like it was an amazing time. Thank you so much for talking to me about it, Izzy.
3: Well, thank you for interviewing me. It was really fun.
5: Of course. Thank you. For our viewers, if you like to check it out, it's running through August 12th through uh, September 12th in Hollywood. It looks really fun, so definitely check it out. It seems like a fun day. Next, we're... You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And right now we just finished talking about the experience going on in Hollywood called Smallfoot Yeti Village. Now we're gonna be switching gears and talking to Raquel about Digimon Tri coexistence. So, Raquel, let's talk about this. Can you tell me what this is?
7: Um, this Digimon film is the fifth movie in the in the, you know, the whole entire series. And it is about how one of the Digimon Mekuman Mekumon um he or she turns, you know, rampant and just angry and very aggressive. And due to that, her friends feel the need to save the, and, you know, keep peace in their real world, their real world. And doing and within doing that, they, they cause a fight between the real world and the digital world.
5: Well, that sounds very interesting. And you said this was part of a series of films, right? Yeah. And would you say that people need to have some prior experience in Digimon to be able to enjoy this film?
7: Um, yes, most definitely. Being as though this the fifth this movie, it started off kind of like like the the previous movie kind of ended in the middle of a scene, and then this movie started from where the last movie ended. So I was kind of confused, but the plot itself didn't seem to you know really connect is just that first scene where they're just like doing something and i was like what's going on who are these people
5: (laughs) yeah of course you know just kind of thrown into it immediately and this is 2d animated, kind of almost anime style right if i'm remembering digimon correctly yes and what was that like i have to say that anime is probably one of my favorite animation styles because it's just so smooth so beautifully beautifully created it's very artistic in my opinion
7: uh, yeah, I watch a lot of anime as well. So when I watched this, I never watched Digimon before. And when I was watching it, I was like this anime kind of looks like any mainstream anime that you can find anywhere. It wasn't really shocking. It wasn't colorful at all. It was kind of dull and it wasn't there wasn't any, you know, clear cut crisp images. You know, I'm not saying it has to be perfect, but it was just it at my standards was set really high. Everybody always talks about it. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, when I was little, I used to watch Digimon, and then now watching this, I was just like, where's the hype that everybody's always talking about?
5: Well, that's too bad to hear, because anime, you're right, it's supposed to be very colorful, very vibrant, very bright. It's supposed to look like a moving painting, you know, it's not supposed to be just dull, standing their 2D animation. It's very it's- unique. So, uh, this the because this is a kid show, like you said, it is a kid show. What age range would you give it? Um, I would give this
7: film an, a- an age range between six and ten.
5: And why that age range? Do you feel?
7: Um, because I feel like when I-, I started watching anime when I was younger, and maybe it's just me, but. None of the AMAs that I watched kind of looked like that when I was like 11, 10-ish. So for a 10-year-old to watch it, I'm not sure if they'd be focused the whole time, being as though the images aren't, you know, everything that
5: it's supposed to be. Mm, That is too bad to hear, but fair enough, fair enough. So how many stars would you give this film?
7: I would give it three out of five stars.
5: And why is that?
7: Um, Just mainly because of the images, the cinematography, because anime being, you know, anime is most of the quality is supposed to come from the images, how it looks, how the characters move, how even inanimate objects look just sitting down in the background. So um, the image is a big part and they kind of, you know, slipped up a little bit on, on there and a little bit.
5: That is truly too bad to hear because anime it's such a hard thing to achieve. And when you don't achieve it perfectly, it's very noticeable. But another big part of anime is voiceover. I mean, a lot of anime has very, very emotional voiceover artists. So how was the voiceover in the movie?
7: Um, the voiceovers was actually great. um being as though Digimon did originate in Japan, I was like, I thought maybe it would be you know, a heavy, thick accent. But the voices behind these characters, there was a good you know mix a diverse crew behind these behind the voices. So I liked it very much. It was easy for me to understand and follow.
5: Well that's very good to hear, and I'm sure that also means that for the families out there of people of all ages, that will also make it easy to enjoy an experience. Since yes. this is meant for kids, um, of course, something parents are going to be looking for is moral or messages. So does this uh, movie have any message that it teaches kids?
7: Uh, most definitely, um, it teaches kids to never give up on a friend, never give up, give up on anything that you're passionate about. Because mekuman her friends never gave up on saving her and ending this perilous war between the digital world and the real world. Because they believed that Me Kuman would, you know, come back to her real self. And a lot of kids, I feel like they. would that's not a message that you see a lot in different, especially in animes. I'm not, you know, I've never seen that in another anime. So that's a good message and a rare message that kids should definitely watch.
5: I definitely agree. That is a very inspirational message. And it's so, so important to teach kids. So good on them for making that. Well, Raquel, thank you so much for talking to me about Digimon Tri Coexistence.
7: Thank you for having me
5: of course and to our viewers definitely check it out it looks really interesting and it still looks like it can be enjoyable thanks so much for joining us you have been listening to kids first coming attractions be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and dvd releases and learn how you can become a kids first film critic go to www.kidsfirst.org be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the huffington post this show is produced by the coalition for quality children's media on the Voice America Kids Network. And today's week show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat, Season 2, Volume 2.
0: Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.